0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're through you'll be set for life Now set- even though they were glad to see the ark, the people still did not fully know their God yet and so they made a grave mistake. First Samuel six and nineteen. Then he struck the men of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the Ark of the Lord. He struck fifty thousand and seventy men of the people, and the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. Now you're thinking, when does this all stop? When is this gonna end? Hey, it stops as soon as man gets back in line with God. That's when it stops. They knew. That God had chosen only the Levite priests to handle the ark. They knew this. We just read, the Levites took the ark down, but the men of Beth Shemesh looked in the ark. Even the Levites, even the priests who were supposed to handle the ark, even they had strict rules of handling the ark. Because Why is that so important? Because God's presence was on the ark. I want to show you Numbers 4 and 5. It shows how to prepare the ark for transport. When the camp prepares to journey, Aaron and his sons, the Levites, shall come and they shall take down the covering veil and cover the ark of the testimony with it. And so you can see that whenever they wanted to move it somewhere, it was to be covered with a veil. The ark meant that God was with the Israelites dwelling on the ark, but there was a separation that had to be kept between God and man because of man's sin. And they kept that veil Y'all remember when Jesus Christ died, the veil in the temple that was blocking the way to the ark, what happened to that thing? He ripped it. He ripped it from top to bottom, showing, hey, Jesus made the way. There's now no longer this separation between us anymore. But right here, they're having to keep that strict rules on the separation. I want to show you also Numbers 4 and 15. And when Aaron and his sons, again, Levites, have finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary when the camp is set to go then the sons of Kohath shall come to carry them but they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die so even the priests were not allowed to touch the ark it is holy God's presence was there they were not allowed to touch it How'd they move it? They ran poles through it, it little rings, and they pick it up and carry it. But it is not to touch the ark. So they were not allowed to touch it because God will not allow sin to come into contact with his purity. Numbers 4 and 20. I want to show you this. But they shall not go in to watch while the holy things are being covered, lest they die. Guys, you can't even watch. Only specific men were chosen to do these certain tasks lest they die. That is how holy God is. That is how pure God is compared to our sin. Can't touch it. Can't watch it. Friends, God is dead serious about keeping sin as far away from him as he's going to hold it. The people of Beth Shemesh already knew this. These scriptures I gave you, they knew it. And so why did they look inside the ark? That's my question. Why did they look inside the ark? Knowing this, apparently they thought their sacrifices that they did made them so holy that they could turn and go do anything they wanted to. You ever see that going on in culture today? Well, I'm a Christian. I went to church. I I sing in the choir. I'm the pastor, and then I can do whatever I want to. No, you can't. Well, I've already done my bit for the week. We just did sacrifices. Uh, Let's look in the ark. They shouldn't have done that. Even though... They had just done all these great sacrifices. They still did not regard the Lord worth obeying. That's what the line I'm trying to draw right here in this. They did not regard him enough to obey him. Have you ever had somebody just fluff you up, tell you how great you are, but then turn right around and throw you under the bus? Oh, yeah. That's what the people of Beth Shemesh just did with all their sacrifices. Oh, Lord God, we're so happy you're here Oh, take the cattle, let's, break, let's make sacrifices before the Lord. Oh, I'm so spiritual. But I don't have enough regard to keep from looking inside the ark. That's the problem. They violated the very presence of God. 1 Samuel 6 and 20. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall it go up from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kirjath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up with you. This is God's own people saying, We don't want him. These are Israelites, the people of Beth Shemesh. And so now, even the people of Beth Shemesh, they want to get rid of the ark. They just committed a deliberate sin in the face of God. And because God judged them for it, they want him gone. You see this happening today. I want God as long as he's going to bless me. But as soon as he has to judge my sin, oh, get out of here. Guys, this was centuries ago. Oh, that's old. No, we're still the same. People are people. It's amazing how people rejoice when they see the Lord as one who comes to bless them. But when it comes to that part about repentance and being obedience and being in obedience before you get to the blessing. Oh, no, get him out of here. We don't want to deal with that. That's the way they treated him that same attitude exists today people only want that part of god that offers eternal life and prosperity blessings but they don't want a lord god that has to judge sin that's the kind of person that says i'm saved but i absolutely do not consider the lord worth obeying and so once they think they've got their salvation out of the way then they run god out of their life and get back to willful sin again You know those people oh i'm saved i've had people drunk off their tail tell me how saved they are i've had people in fornication tell me how saved they are because when i was 16 years old i said a a prayer and yeah you want the god that just wants to bless you but you don't want the god that has to judge sin you have to take him as he is all of him these people want the blessing but as soon as the judgment hits god get out of my life to be saved God has to be all in your life. As a matter of fact, I think a better way of saying it, the the proper way to say it, is that you have to be all in his life. Now, this requires daily repentance. The word says so. Bear fruits worthy of repentance all the time. But today, people go to church. They raise their hands in the air, and they praise the Lord for what they think they're going to get out of him. But when he demands obedient service out of them, they want him gone. Now the people of Beth Shemesh violated the ark, the Lord's dwelling place. That is the Lord's dwelling place. Remember, we studied he dwelled between the cherubim. They violated the dwelling place of the Lord. The picture I'm trying to make is how wrong it was, and we saw this, how wrong and sinful bad it was for people to violate the dwelling place of the Lord. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 6.18 flee sexual immorality Every sin that a man does is outside the body But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is in you Whom you have from god and you are not your own For you were bought at a price Therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit Which are God's. It's not yours. It's His. Y'all remember how we read in Isaiah. God dwelled between the cherubim of the ark. But now today He dwells in you. We are now the temple. The dwelling place. And when you commit sexual immorality. Pornography. Adultery. Fornication which is sexual relations between unmarried people. Hey, God's word said it. I didn't write it. When you commit these kinds of violations, you violate your own body, the temple of God. You violate the dwelling place of the Lord. Just like the people of Beth Shemesh did with the ark. The people of Beth Shemesh did not have enough reverence unto God to keep themselves from violating the holiness of of his dwelling place on the ark christians we should have enough reverence to god to keep ourselves from violating the holiness of his dwelling place in the temple that he now resides in this says a lot about sexual immorality doesn't it for those of you who are living in sexual immorality and you are doing it willfully because you want it You need to understand that your life is in deliberate disobedience, which is a violation against the holiness of the Lord. But now that you have heard this message and you are now aware of this, are you going to do the same as the people of Beth Shemesh and try to kick God out of your life? I want to keep my sexual immorality. I want to keep my sexual things that I do. Or I like to get in front of that computer when I'm by myself and nobody knows about it. You think God doesn't know? And you violate his presence, the place of his dwelling, and you're going to kick him out of your life now? Are you in the majority of people who is joyful about God when you see him coming with a blessing, but as soon as you find out that he's going to judge your sin because you refuse to repent, you try to send him away? The people of Beth Shemesh, remember when the ark was coming? What did it say they did? they rejoiced. Oh, we're happy. He's coming. But as soon as the judgment hit, they're looking for a way to get rid of him. Christians don't do that. Take him as he is, all of him. He's going to have judge your sin. You need to get rid of it. And he will bless. You got to have both. Such people that try to send God away, they will always come up with some other way of feeling like they're right with God somehow. They will come up with some other kind of sacrificial substitute to make themselves think that what they're doing is actually okay. Well, I went and did this. That makes it all right. Well, I went and did that. It makes it okay. When you think about the Philistines making a trespass offering of golden tumors and rats, what in the world is that supposed to do? (laughs) For the supposed Christians living with sexual immorality, you're violating the presence of God. That other little sacrificial thing that you came up with, what is that supposed to do? You cannot be in willful sin. God never established the type of sacrifice system that the Philistines sent. The golden tumors and the rats, God never told them to do that. Friend, if you're in, in sexual immorality and you are come up with some other little sacrificial thing that you feel it gets you right, did God tell you to do that? Is it in the word? Why are you doing it? You're violating the holiness of God. You can't be in willful sin and violation against the holiness of God and come up with your own brand of what you think is right and expect that to please the Lord. It doesn't work. But, Ray, I am a good person. Oh, of all the times I've heard that one. Ray, I don't go kill people. I'm I'm a good person. Friend, I think it's time somebody finally got honest with you about that subject, and it might as well be me. No, you are not. You are not a good person. And I know no other blunt way to put it, as lovingly as I can. Those of you hearing me saying, but I'm a good person, you're not. Romans 3 and 10. Guys, swallow this. We've got to get this down. Romans 3.10, as it is written, it says, there is none righteous, no, not one. That means me too. I'm included in this. There is no one who understands. There is none who seeks after God. I'm going to read that again because I think somebody's hearing me somewhere. You're not quite getting it yet. I'm going to let the word of God penetrate you to your heart. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, there is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. Well, good grief, Ray, if it's this cut and pick and strict, then who on earth has the slightest chance when it comes to being right with God at all? Yeah, that's exactly what the Israelites said. Who can stand before this God? They asked the same question. So who can stand before the Lord God? Let's go to that real quick. Psalm 76 and 7. But you, you are to be feared. Who can stand before you when once your anger is roused? This is believers saying this, writing this in the passage. Who can stand before the Lord when he's angry? I hope by now you're looking for the answer to this question. Who can stand before the Lord God? It seems impossible. (laughs) I'm going to give you the answer in Psalm 24 and 3. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Friend, if you're looking for that blessing from God, if you want that God that you want to celebrate when he's coming, then here's what you got to do. You got to get cleaned up. You want to stand before God? You've got to get cleaned up. You've got to have the pure heart. And you've got to have the clean hands. Well, how do I do that? Well, you've got to make Jesus your Lord. You don't seek after God. You don't understand. You're not good. Let's just be real about it. The only way you can ever possibly do it is by getting right with Jesus Christ. You do not make up your own version of sacrifice according to the false gods that you serve. They are not going to save you. Dagon could not save the Philistines from God's wrath. No more than your gold, your guns, and your government is going to save you. And so if you want God's blessing instead of God's wrath, I strongly urge you to receive Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him ray this is a very wrathful book i know but it's people who weren't getting right with god you want to be saved from the wrath that's how you do it and I want you to notice how it says that Jesus Christ died for us while we were still yeah. sinners. Yeah. A lot of people, when you talk to them, well, I'll get right with you when you straighten up first. That's not the way God put the terms for you. He didn't say you fix up and I'll, I'll do something. No, he put his cards on the table first. He died while we were still sinners. That's why you have to be loving to that neighbor who still hates you who still insults you. Well, I'm not going to be nice to them till they're nice to me first. That is ungodly because if Christ had done that with you, you could not be saved. He died while we were still sinners. Friends, this is the good part of the story. God is wrathful against sin, but that wrath does not have to fall on you. He took his wrath out on Jesus Christ so that if you make him Lord of your life, which means you obey him with reverence, not the lack of reverence like the people of Beth Shemesh had. Not like the, the Christians supposedly that are violating the dwelling place of the Lord and their sexual immorality like crazy these days. Not like that. You have to obey him with reverence. That means you actually do what, you're, what he tells you to do. Wrath of God is against our sin. But that wrath is taken out upon Jesus so that he does not have to take it out on you. What would have taken you an eternity in hell to pay for yourself, Christ paid for all in one day on the cross. So please stop violating the holiness of God. Stop violating the dwelling place of the Lord. Because that brings destruction. Repent, which means turn around and accept the holiness of God into your life by declaring Jesus Christ being lord of your life acts two twenty one. it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved i was in israel we were eating under the sukkah it was during sukkot and you dwell Under the sukkah, it's like being in the dwelling place uh, that the Lord dwells with us, like the Holy Spirit dwells in this temporary body. We dwell in a temporary tent like we do every Sukkot. We build the little tent like they do traditionally. And so we were eating at a hotel and they had a sukkah, the tent thing. And we were eating under there to show that, you know, the Lord dwells with us. We're dwelling. Okay. So a Jewish man walks by and he goes, I see you're eating in the sukkah. And he goes, I wish I could dwell in the sukkah too but i'm not worthy to do that and dove goes no come in here come in here dwell in the sukkah with us we'll tell you how the lord dwells in us and we told him the gospel and he said sounds good but how do i know i can trust it i jumped into the conversation and i said whoever calls on the name of the lord might be saved But he was reading the text. He goes, that's not what it says. I said, okay, sir, tell me what it says then. (laughs) He says, shall be saved means will. I said, okay, sir, what does that mean? He goes, that means I can trust that it's going to happen. I said, there you go. Me and Dove tag-teamed this guy. And it's very difficult to take the gospel to a Jewish person in Israel and them to accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And he did. And he accepted Jesus under the sukkah fantastic moment i'll never forget guys our sin provokes the wrath of god and we should not treat it lightly and we should welcome the lord god whether he's coming to bless us or to judge us because he's judging us because we need to get sin out of our lives he gave you a way to do it if you would follow me in prayer here's how you can be saved lord god i'm a sinner i failed i sinned i messed it all up but you sent jesus christ to save me from your wrath Please, Lord God, I give you my life. I proclaim Jesus is Lord. He's the boss. I will serve him. I will follow and obey him and seek him. Lord, according to your scripture I read today, I didn't even have the ability to look for you on my own. Give me that ability and show me, guide me to the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you my life. Take all of it. I don't want any of it to taint me any longer. And Lord, forgive me. Of violating your holiness. Lord help me to see the danger of sexual immorality. Of the sins I choose to keep. That they violate the temple of where you now reside within me. Forgive me of those things Lord God. And take me from those things. Lord when I look to try to commit those actions again. Put such a dread in me. You dreaded the people of Beth Shemesh. They should have seen it for what it is. Lord, all these years, I should have seen that dread for what it is. That you are trying to save me. Forgive me, God. And I will feel that dread and I will not commit those acts. Every time I get ready to do those things, Lord God, may that dread hit me like a ton of bricks. Don't do this. Because I don't want to violate your presence, your holiness, God. Forgive me of those things and get them out of my life. I thank you for it, God. Those things are leaving, and you're coming in. I rejoice at your coming, Lord God. But Lord God, let my sin never take priority to where I say, Lord, leave. Lord, it breaks my heart to see people doing this. We love God as long as he blesses us, but as soon as he has to judge our sin, we want him out. Lord, that hurts me to my core. Forgive us, Lord God, of making that mistake. And that we welcome you fully, even when it comes to living as a sacrifice. Giving up a lot of the things we want to have. Thank you, Lord God, for saving me. You are Lord. You are everything. All. Because you paid it all. I thank you for salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, I hope you got a, a lot out of that today this book was set in a context that we could understand easily here comes the ark we're glad to see it but they violated it and they know they weren't supposed to the parallel is don't do the same thing the presence of the Lord is supposed to be in your heart don't violate that with by doing things you know you're not supposed to do because when you do that and you want your sin more than God then that's when you say send the ark out of here send God out of here I want all of Jesus I can get don't you so the next time you come to making that decision to do right or wrong consider the fact of whether you're going to violate his holiness or not and make your choice of who wins today there's a war on your mind the sin nature wars against your mind no choose the sin but the spirit says no choose the holiness of god